So in today's Rambam, he talks about Hallel, recitation of Hallel, and that we recite Hallel on Hanukkah, and we recite the entire Hallel. So it's interesting, the Rambam says that the blessing, when you, when you say Hallel, the complete Hallel, is, blessed are you God who commanded us to complete the Hallel. Ligmor et Hallel. Ligmor means to complete. And I had never heard that before. I mean, we say the blessing is, blessed you are God who commanded us to read the Hallel. Likro et Hallel. And I wondered if that indeed is the Sephardic custom to say Ligmor, which is to complete the Hallel. And I checked it up in a Sephardic sitter, and sure enough, it's right there. Ligmor et Hallel. That's how the Sephardim say it, like the Rambam says. The Rambam, half Hallel? When you say half Hallel, it's a different bracha? According to the Rambam, when it's half Hallel, you don't say any blessing. Because we say that, that we don't, it's it's not tech, yeah, it's called the half Hallel, but it's, it's just skipping uh, two, two of the Psalms, uh, or two parts of the Psalms. And according to Rambam, we don't say any blessing at all. Another interesting thing in the Rambam today was that the way they used to say the, the Hallel is that every verse, and actually sometimes they break up a verse into two or three parts, the Chazan would read the verse, and at the end of the verse, the congregation would respond, Hallelujah. So it was very responsive. And... <laughs> it could take a long time. But he says, well, that we don't do that way anymore, and etc. Um, but he points out that in doing it that way, they would say hallelujah. I'm saying it not the way you say it, because I don't want to say God's name. Hallelujah, I'm saying. They, if you do it that way, you end up saying hallelujah 183 times. Now, it's not 183 verses, but, as I said, sometimes they broke up, some of the verses they broke up to even two or three. So the Rebbe talked about this, and he says, why, why, uh, what does it have to do with Aharon? I'm sorry. So, so Rambam says that it's 183, and the way to remember that it's 183 times is that is the amount of years that Aharon, Moses' brother, lived. He lived 183. Moshe lived to 180. One second. What am I saying? One hundred. I know one eighty-three. One twenty-three. One twenty-three. Yeah, that would that would be a long time. And Moses lived to one twenty, and and uh, and Aaron lived to one eighty. One twenty-three. So so it's one hundred and twenty-three. Hallelujah. Sorry, not one eighty-three. So the Rebbe asks, what is the connection to Aaron? Is it just obviously it's not a coincidence that's one hundred and twenty-three, and the fact that the Rambam mentions it, you know, you doesn't typically mention these kind of mnemonics, and the Rebbe's basic explanation is that by doing the halal in this way, where the congregation is responding hallelujah to the chazan every single verse, it's a way of saying the halal in a way of intense unity of the, of the congregation. Everybody saying hallelujah together is togetherness with the chazan and so forth. And we know that that was Aharon's strength. That was Aharon's main feature was unity of the Jewish people. And so that's why when the 123 is the mnemonic, the mnemonic is the years of Aaron's life. So that was something from today's Rambam.
that we are, are learning. And today we finished the book of Zmanim, the book that has to do with well, the holidays. And we started the new book, the fourth book of Rambam, which is the book that has to do with marriage and, and relationships, the book of Nashim. And now we'll get back to our subject for this class, which is the laws of Teshuvah. And today's topic is paradise. What does paradise look like, or olam haba, as Rambam will call it? What does it look like according to Jewish tradition as codified by the Rambam? So this is chapter 8 of Rambam, Laws of Teshuvah. Let's see what he says. The good that is hidden or stored away for the righteous is the life of the world to come. This is life with which there is no death. The good with which there is no evil. And is what is written in the Torah in Deuteronomy. So that it will be good for you and you will live, you will, you will be granted a long life. We learn from tradition. So it will be good for you in a world that is all good. You will have longevity in a world which is endlessly long, the world to come. So he's not talking about the time of Mashiach here, he's talking about life after death. Who And the reward of the righteous is that they will merit to this noam. Noam means pleasantness, kind of bliss. And they will be in this goodness. And the repayment for the rishaim, for the wicked, is that they will not merit to this life. Rather, they will be cut off and they will die. One who does not merit to this life dies and does not live ever again. He is cut off in his wickedness. He perishes like an animal. This is the cutting off, the karet that is written in the Torah. So when it talks about karet, you've heard about karet. Karet is death from by heaven, by heavenly decree. And when the Torah describes it in numbers, it uses a double expression. He karet ti karet. So karet means to cut off. And the double expression sounds like being cut off twice. So what's cut off twice? Tradition tells us. He's cut off in this world, meaning it's a physical death, and also cut off in the world to come, that he loses his share in the world to come. That soul that was separated from the body in this world does not merit to the world to come, but rather is also cut off in the world to come. Now we've, we've, we've learned in the past that um, you know, we all have a share in the world to come, and it's a very, very specific people in history or very specific types of sins that uh, truly cut off a person from the world to come. The Rambam is not getting into that at in this halacha. Halacha 2. 
Ha'olam haba. Now he gets into the actual description of what is going on over there in Olam haba. Olam haba, the world to come, ain by gufu gvio. Does not. There is no body or physical form. Guf is a body. Rather, nafshei satzadikim bavad. It's just the souls of the righteous, the nefesh of the righteous. Beloi guf kamalachi ashares. No body involved. Like the angels. Ministering angels who also are souls without bodies. And since there are no physical forms, so there's no eating and there's no drinking. Maybe some scotch. And nothing from those things that the bodies of human beings need in this world. And nothing happens to the person as happens to bodies in this world. Kigoin, yeshiva, sitting down, vamida, standing up, v'sheina, sleeping, umisa, death, v'etzev, sadness, v'schoik, laughter, v'chayetzeben, and such things. This is what the early sages taught. This is from the Talmud, Tracti Brachot 17a, that Olam Haba, the world to come, there is no eating and no drinking, no, no sexual relations. Rather, the tzaddikim are sitting and, the, and there are crowns upon their heads, their crowns are upon their heads, and they are, they are enjoying, they are delighting in the glory and the splendor of the Divine Presence. Now, even though he just said there's no sitting, but then he quoted it and says they are sitting, he's going to explain that in a minute. So we see from the Talmud that there is no body and there, and there is no eating and drinking. The fact that the Talmud says that the, that the righteous are sitting, they're using that metaphorically. They're sitting, meaning they are present there. Without any toil and without any labor. In other words, just like when you're sitting, you are relaxed, you're not expending any effort to sit. So too, the souls of the righteous, as they are in the world to come, are there in such a way that there is no toil and no labor. And this idea that there are crowns upon their heads, that's not meant to be understood literally. It means, The knowledge that they know, for which they merited to the world to come, is with them. In other words, the knowledge that they that they um, that they gained in this world that gave them the merit to to be in the in, in the life of the world to come that is that is their crown that is the crown so the crown we get when you're in the next world knowledge of Torah and and, and godliness that we accrued <coughs> we gained in this world that's our crown in the next world as King Solomon said the crown with which his mother crowned him and it also says, 
there's a, there's a, pr- a prophecy in Isaiah that says eternal joy will be upon their heads. So now the Rambam is bringing a proof from this verse in Isaiah that when we talk about things upon somebody's head, it doesn't necessarily mean something physical. And we see that from this verse in Isaiah, which refers to joy upon somebody's head. head. Joy is not a bodily thing that can rest upon one's head. Similarly, the crown that the sages talked about is knowledge. And what does it mean that they are delighting in the splendor of the Shekhinah? That means they're just looking at light. What are they looking at? What that means, what the, the Talmud means when it says delighting in the splendor of the Shekhinah means that they know and they grasp from the truth of the Holy One, blessed be He, obviously not all of it, but from it, part of it, which they cannot know while they are in a body, the dark and humble body. In other words, as long as, as the soul is in a physical body, it is limited in what it can consciously grasp of the divine. Right? As we've talked in the past, a person can be closer to God while in this world because he's doing God's will, but to conscious, be consciously uh, grasping the truth of God, the body holds back, prevents the soul from from that gra- from grasping divinity. Even the greatest tzaddik, he's still, as long as he's in a physical body, is limited and impeded by the body. So, just to recap, one and two, the Rambam says that the good that is waiting in store for the tzaddikim, the olam haba, is life without death, without evil, and the, the wicked do not merit to this. That's the concept of being cut off. And he then says in two that there is no bodily form but rather we're like angels, there's no eating, there's no drinking, there's no sitting or standing. And then he went on to explain what the Talmud means in its description, that we're sitting without effort, and we have this crown upon our heads, the crown is not physical, the crown is knowledge, and we are delighting in the the splendor of the Shekhinah, meaning that we are grasping from God's truth, which we could not do while impeded by the body. Any questions or comments before we go? To Gimel. Now, real quick, so joy and knowledge, I think if you say that.